Welcome to another episode from Behind the Strategy. Bringing you motivating messages to challenge your perspective and simplify your strategy. Boost your business and love your life that little bit more. Yes, by popping that subscribe button and sharing with someone who needs this today. Fresh out of the lab, because someone needs to clean the car, your host, Kate Whitley. When you're trying to sell something, selling something to somebody you don't know is completely different to selling something of a similar ilk to somebody that has already bought from you before. But equally so, it's just as challenging to sell something completely different to somebody that's bought something from you before on one thing, if you've got other things. So you'll have a different client streams and they're going to need different customer journeys because although we can get people into our world, the initial touch points, the initial starting point to make them aware of us and what we do, once they've done that, they're going to go by what they see us doing first. So the question is, if we do different things, how do we let them know that without not looking like an expert in the one thing or confusing them with too many options, but equally so, how do we then move them forward in the different customer journeys? Because pulling them all into the same journey in the long term, when we're thinking long term, may not work for customer retention. The purpose of Funnelcraft is to create customer journeys that convert. I'm all about keeping things simple. And sometimes telling it how it is makes is way more sense. We all know that I love a bit of fancy pants, right? But at the same time, we need to keep the objective in mind. We are creating customer journeys. They convert into us selling them something that we have that's going to help them, it's going to make them enjoy what they've bought, so that A, we have a business that is profitable, and B, we are making a difference to that person in their life. Because I see it is that if you're creating a customer journey, it's because you care about your customers. We want to create nurturing customer journeys, but at the end of the day, they have to convert. Otherwise, we just have a ton of people in our world who are all just there which is great, building the community, it might be fun, but that doesn't necessarily make us enough money to live on, if we're brutally honest. Okay, so I just want to tell it how it is. So let's just look at some basics here. What is a funnel? It is a strategy, and it is designed to turn cold prospects, people we don't know, into long-term customers, ideally, because not many people just buy straight away. Sometimes I will buy uh, something cheap, but it doesn't mean to say I'm going to buy that person's more expensive product. And my experience of what I've seen, especially in, on the online industry, is that some people have made an absolutely phenomenal business out of selling a $27 thing, a $57 thing. And that's all they do. And then you get other people who do big, long programs or big, expensive products. And that's their key thing. And that's what they get known for. So people have different ways that they will buy something. Some people want to do the research. Some people want to see what else is on the market. Some people want to find out more. And that makes sense because we all want to feel in control of what we are buying. When I go, oh, I love that, and I'll buy it instantly. Even if I'm thinking, oh, damn, I'm not going to be able to buy this now. I've blown my budget <laughs> for the whole day. <laughs> That's it. I'll still buy it if I want it. But that doesn't necessarily equate to buying everything. Because for some reason, 
we will go and pay out this much and this much and this much on a takeaway with some friends coming around with a bottle of something and buying some nibbles. We'll pay out that much money because it's an experience. We're having fun. We know the value in that. But if we were to take that same amount of money, let's just say for argument's sake, the meal cost, let's just say it costs 70 quid. We've got a meal and you've got the, some wine and you've got some nibbles. Taking that 70 pound, if I said, well, I want you to buy this course or I want you to buy this present, I want you to buy this product, you're going to go, oh, hang on a minute. I need to find out why. What do I need about it? What is the value? Yeah. Whereas if it was 20 quid, you're more likely to go, oh, okay, well, I'll buy it. So I'll take a chance. Now, some people will have that attitude on a 70 pound thing and other people will have it on a 20 pound thing because we can't make assumptions about what people will and will not buy and i'll tell you this little story two years ago i did a, a course it was called startup setup and it wasn't a hugely expensive it was just to help people get set up online in the pandemic and one person was really, really stressed out about, oh my gosh, but it's this much money. I really wanted to help them and came up with a plan and they got a really, really good deal. Now, I wasn't doing it because I desperately needed the sale, although we do fall into that trap. We can fall into that trap easily. And I have done that before in previous things, but this particular time I wasn't. I was very mindful and knew what I was doing. And the person accepted it. And two months later, they had bought into somebody else's course that I knew was three times the price of my course. My point is that I made the assumption that what they were telling me was true. Now, this highlights how quite often people will tell that you have to charge loads of money. People value loads of money. They will value it more if they pay more. Now, technically and psychologically, there is part of that that is true. We quite often look to somebody who's meant to be successful online, selling lots of products, selling lots of this, that and the other, and if they're only selling cheap things, well, actually, how much value is in it? If you know value, I can go and buy this online for a tenner and I know what I'm going to get for it. I really didn't expect you to offer that for like 20 quid. I thought that would be costing way more. And so it can be off-putting, but at the same time, you don't have to go by that. I've got to raise all my prices to make more money. Yes, it can make a difference, but you have to know your audience. This is what I want to make clear. Now, I work with somebody, she works with families with autism and have other neurodiversities and mostly PDA, which is a spectrum of autism. So now a lot of the families are going through more financial issues than perhaps another business may have with their audience. So she does have to be mindful. However, what she has also learned that for her, she needs to have different options because not everybody that is a member of her audience and in her world has financial issues just because they have a family member or child with autism or PDA or a new diversity. So we can easily fall into the trap of using the same marketing strategy for everybody and making assumptions about people and also making assumptions about our audience based on how we buy and what we like. I'm a risk taker. I will try things. I will buy things. I know that most people perhaps don't do that. We have to look at it as coming back to the people who come into our world are not all the same as us. They have different likes, different beliefs, but, you know, all different ways to be used as marketing channels. And you will have preferences and you will find your audience is everywhere. People hang out on all social platforms and people have all needs and wants. So they're everywhere.
let's just be really specific here on why we need funnels. And it is to have returning customers with lifetime value. Why else do we need them? We've already talked about people don't always buy instantly. They don't. We are busy people. We have lots to do. We want to think about things. If it's something familiar, we're more likely to buy from it straight away. We're more likely to just buy it. Even if it costs a bit more, we go, okay, well, I know it's good anyway. I know it's from that person. So we will buy some things that we are comfortable and familiar with. It's when we're not comfortable and familiar with them. And that's why we need to build trust. Now, we could build trust as a brand like Sainsbury's, Waitrose. We instantly, if I say Aldi, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, we instantly place them in our mind into the order of our preference. Now, each of us will base that preference on different things. Some people will say, well, Waitrose is for people who have more money. Other people would say, well, actually, Little and Aldi, they're for people with more sense. You know, you can put a positive spin on all of it. Because it doesn't matter which way you look at it. We're each going to put our own value on each of those three. We're not going to just go by what the general census of opinion is. If there's a waitress in your town, it means that your council tax is going to go up. You know, People joke about that. It doesn't mean that more people are going to go there to buy from them, though. It's just a brand. However, if I said to you, I've bought you this and it's from Waitrose, you'll be like, that's nice. Oh, that looks nice cake because there's an expectation of it. We have trust in their brand. Equally so, you could have a local butcher or a local pharmacist who has built up trust with you because you can have good conversations. You trust them to give you good value. And that's what we have to do online. And it's a lot harder when we are only doing it through digital communications. So we have to remember, how do we buy if somebody could tell me that they're selling something and then if I don't hear about it or see it ever again, I forget. And I've missed loads of deadlines from that. And sometimes it's my own fault. They have emailed me or they have sent me a message <laughs> and it's just got swamped in all the rest of it. Because let's face it, we're swamped and our customers and our audience are swamped and we don't want to swamp them more. So how do we get around that? To have returning customers with a lifetime value, that is where we want people to stay in our world so that as we're developing and changing our products are going to evolve new things are going to happen and we're going to have people in our world that'll be like oh that's amazing oh we're going to find out new things that we can do and also people evolve they need something else they've got this from you they're happy with it and now they're thinking oh what else can I have to help me in my life whether it's a course to do with different aspects of mindfulness whether it's another gift for a Christmas present or whether it's more merch they can give to their clients whatever it is People are always thinking, oh, what else can I do? What else do they do? So we have to think about at the beginning, we may not have all those options ready available for them, but eventually we will grow that. We don't have to have it all at once, but we need to be mindful that those are going to be there. That's the strategy. They're going to be there. They're going to change and evolve. And we're going to come up with new ideas in a year that we are not knowing. We don't even know what that thing is right now. But I can guarantee to you in a year's time, you are going to have come up with an idea for something new in your business because you are passionate about your business and you're excited about delivering new things for your audience and you want them to buy them. You want them to help them. You want to make a difference. So how do we do that? We do it online through the basics of content marketing and social media marketing. That's how we do it digitally. So if we think about the psychology of buying, we're taking potential customers, whether they bought from us before 
or they're brand new into our world. And let's for now focus on bringing new people into our world. Okay, let's focus from audience growth, audience acquisition. We want people into our world. And it is an emotional journey of making a purchase. And so before I made the purchase, how I felt about it, I was weighing up value. I think, oh, great. If I do this course or this session, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it could help me do this. It could mean I can do this. But equally so, everybody's the same. We buy things through an emotion. And this doesn't mean to say that I'm all into, yes, we do have to have emotional ways of buying things, but it's different for different products. How will they find out about you? All the different places of people who already know you, how will they find out about your next new thing or another thing? They either know you and they're in your world or they don't know you. What is the interest? Where would they be? What is it that would really make them buy? Now, we will quite often use our own selves as examples, but actually that's not always true. People will come at it from all different angles. What are those reasons? What is it that's going to make them desire it? What is the thing that's going to make them go, yes, how easy do we make it? Think about when we actually do buy, is it easy for them to buy? Can people just go click and buy? Do we do that? So just have a look at your little systems. Once people have got that desire, what systems and things do you have in place for people to go click and buy and make it easier? And it's just about making things simple for your customers to just follow your journey, the journey you want them. You've just listened to a Strategy Success Lab production of Behind the Strategy with Kate Whitley, bringing you inspiring guests and motivating messages to challenge your perspective and simplify your strategy. Don't forget to subscribe and pop over to strategysuccesslab.com for more exciting episodes. And if you've loved this episode, go and share it with someone else who needs it today.